Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download our free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 33 called, Woe to You, O Destroyer. Isaiah 33, verse 1, woe to you, O destroyer. This is the sixth woe that we've seen in this segment of chapters. I think it's 28 through 35, but this will be the final woe. If you have an ESV, it actually says, ah, but the same idea there. Woe to you, O destroyer. If you want the backdrop of who's being identified, it is Assyria, And as we've been learning a little bit of history, as we've studied the book of Isaiah, we know that the looming threat to Judah now, to the south, was the Assyrian army. And they were a destroying army. Very ruthless, very vicious. Uh, Under King Shennacherib at this point in history, which is uh, embedded in our history at about 701 BC, to give you a time marker, that's what's going on. And they are a destructive force. While you were not destroyed, and he who is treacherous, they were filled with treachery, while others did not deal treacherously with him. As soon as you finish destroying, you shall be destroyed. As soon as you shall cease to deal treacherously, others shall deal treacherously with you. Jesus made a statement about life in Matthew twenty six fifty two when he said, Put your sword back into its place, for all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Sometimes we, when we see someone who's running roughshod over many lives, and we see that there doesn't seem to be any consequence, we can, we can be a little bit uh, disgruntled and disappointed because we can say, Lord, this person's been up to no good, they've been up to evil for so long, and there doesn't seem to be a resulting consequence. They seem to be getting away with their sword and their plunder and their uh, treachery. But God says there's going to be a payday even for Assyria, which we know as we've studied our Bible is largely a tool of God to discipline his people. But God says it's not going to last long because you who destroyed will yourself be destroyed. You who have dealt in a way of being a betrayer, you will be betrayed. And you'll notice something in life, that there is really no honor among thieves. And when it happens that someone is malicious in their relationships, destructive in business, you name it, it seems to come back to them. Now, we don't call that karma in Christianity, because karma is an Eastern principle, but we do call it sowing and reaping. And we do know that God does work in the history of man to bring back on people's heads if they do not repent what they've meted out to others. And if they don't get it in this lifetime, they'll get it in the one to come. That's part of the reason why hell makes sense. Because many, many people that you'll talk to say, well, how could a loving God send anyone to eternal damnation until you start thinking about faces over history that uh, didn't necessarily get the consequence that they deserved in this lifetime? One example would be Hitler. If he died in the way that we think that he died, he pretty much got out, uh, in some sense, scot-free. But if there is a God to face and a judgment to deal with in light of what you've done, if you have not repented, then, of course, Hitler's in deep, deep heat right now. And so 
That is the idea of the consequence and the justice of God. God is truly just, and he will mete out justice. And he says directly this to the Assyrian advancing army. Now, I want to show you what's going on in the book of 2 Kings. So you're going to have to go to your left now. And you have a grouping of books, First and 2 Samuel, First and 2 Kings, and First and 2 Chronicles. What you want is 2 Kings chapter 18. King Hezekiah is the leader in Judah at this point. The Assyrian armies have assembled. They've been destroying everything in their path. This is 2 Kings 18, verse 13. Here's what it says. 2 Kings 18, 13. Now in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, Shennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and seized them. Then Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong. Withdraw from me. Now, I think the, the done wrong is, remember, he tried to make a, uh, some sort of alliance with Egypt to the south. And so he's kind of falling on his sword, maybe for the sake of his kingdom, the people. And he says, withdraw from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will bear. So he's stepping forward and saying, okay, it's obvious that you're too powerful for us. It's obvious that your armies are surrounding us. We're in deep trouble. So impose on me what you will impose and I will bear it. So the king of Assyria required of Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver which was found in where? The house of the Lord in the temple. And in the treasury of the king's house, so both in the house of God and personally, there was a cost in both respects. At that time, Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the doorposts which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. When you look for other outs besides God and you make alliances with ungodly people and Uh, whatever you want to call it, self-salvation as one author has called it, trying to do everything on your own, eventually it will cost not only your household, but maybe even things that are sacred to you. And here now God is involved because the temple that has been devoted to Yahweh, to the true God, now they're cutting off gold from that temple to give to this pagan king in some sense of trying to buy him off. Terms of peace. Maybe, okay, if we meet his demands, I know his army's sitting there, but maybe if we give him the gold, if we cut it from the very temple, if we give him the vessels of the temple, maybe he'll pull back, maybe he'll spare us. Doesn't matter what the cost might be. And sometimes in life, the the cost of sin and ungodly alliances is much too high. And sometimes not only does it go to your home, but it goes to things that are sacred. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we're willing to compromise and all of a sudden things that should be sacred to us, we will fully and freely give away. And oftentimes, sadly, we involve God in that very process because God lives in us and we've been bought with a price and therefore we're to glorify God with our bodies. And so King Hezekiah has found himself in a place of compromise. He has literally made a deal with the devil And now he's facing the Assyrian king and he doesn't know what to do, but he's hoping that if he buys him off, somehow he'll pull back. And there's so much at risk right now. 
And the king is sitting there representing the nation. And you could imagine this is a moment of extreme terror for the people because they don't know what this guy's going to do. And they know his track record. That's why they've been frightened all the way up to this point in Isaiah. They feared this moment. And now this moment is before them. And they don't know what to do other than cut gold out of the temple, out of the house of God and try to buy off this pagan king. And the question is asked, what are the people thinking now? Are they searching their souls? Are they saying to themselves, how could God do this to us? Look at what's happening to us. Is that what they're saying? Or are they saying this, how could we do this to God? You know, sometimes we need to turn our questions around in life. Because the Assyrian army is surrounding these people, but it's only because God said, I'm Emmanuel, just ask me. And they wouldn't ask him, and they went down to Egypt, and now they get the consequences. And sometimes in our lives, that's what happens. Look, not everything that happens in our lives is a consequence of sin. We all know that. Not every sickness, not every peril that we go through is because we did something wrong. But in this case, this is a consequence of Israel choosing to walk away from God, namely Judah. And so now they're surrounded by an army, and you have to wonder, as the people look at this situation, what they are thinking. Are they repentant? Are they broken? Are they saying, look what I've done to myself? Or are they saying what the world says often, how could God do this to me? When really they've shot themselves in the foot. And so this is a good time for us to just kind of be very careful about who we make deals with and alliances with. And I think that's one practical application And the truth here is that Assyria is not only going to take their gold, but they're going to attack them anyway. You see, the king of Assyria will happily take the gold, but he's not pulling back. He's not going anywhere. He's going to take the gold, and then he's going to take the city, or at least that's what he thinks he's going to do. That's what his mindset is. He doesn't care how much you give him because he wants everything. And we know that one face on the destroyer is our enemy, our adversary, He comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said he's a murderer from the beginning. He doesn't just want your gold. He wants everything from you. And sin will take you every time that you get into sin. If you don't turn from it, it will take you farther than you ever thought it could take you. There's a lot of people that end up in this position, and then they try to buy their way out. But there's no buying their way out. But there is a solution. And though these truths are heavy, and though the terms are difficult, And though the people have to be in terror, there's a solution. And the solution is always to turn back to God. And so, have you ever been in this situation? You're surrounded by some some very intimidating circumstances, and you say this, verse 2. This is back in Isaiah. I guess you've got to go back there to see it, huh? Isaiah 33. (laughs) They say, O Lord, be gracious to us. We might say it this way, oh Lord, have mercy on me. I know I'm here because this is a situation that you, you kept knocking at my door, you kept sending me messages through the prophets, and we wouldn't listen, and we, we, our hearts were heart, Isaiah 6, we stopped up our ears, we, we wouldn't see, we wouldn't listen, and now here we are, and the truth about God, which is really encouraging for all of us is that even though God is plan Z, he's not just your plan B, he's not just your backup, backup, backup plan, he may be Z on your list, he will still respond. God will let us sometimes get to the very end of ourselves and he will still rescue us even though 
If you were God, I'm not sure that you'd be feeling really good about this relationship. After all, think of you ha- if you had a friend, and maybe you do, who only calls you when they're in a crisis. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. You're invited to our next apologetics event called Dare to Defend. This is something that you're going to want to go to because it's going to bolster your faith and encourage you and give you reasons and answers for the hope that you have. Join some of today's top apologists who will provide real answers to skeptics' toughest questions and equip you with the tools necessary to confront the moral confusion of today's culture. J.P. Moreland talking about miracles. Why do I have to have an answer to this question? I at least know there's a God. Sean McDowell dealing with deconstruction. When I was on the road, I met a man, he goes, I'm his last friend who didn't bail on him. I thought, man, what does it matter with us? John and Claudia Kalmakoff. If they don't have that foundation and they don't know about God's promises and what we know is true, not by what we're feeling, but by facts, historical, archaeological facts, what we know to be true, then their feelings take over. Lenny Esposito, who will deal with the power of the archaeological record. You know, you're doing a construction project, Rome, they were trying to build the subway. And they had to keep stopping because they keep finding stuff. Hey, if you're looking to get further equipped, and we all should be, this is the conference to go to. Dare to Defend begins Friday evening on March 25th at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Get your tickets now and make sure you have plans to join us. Learn more about Dare to Defend and get your tickets when you visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Some very intimidating circumstances, and you say this, verse 2. This is back in Isaiah. I guess you've got to go back there to see it, huh? Isaiah 33. <laughs> they say, O oh Lord... Be gracious to us. We might say it this way, Oh Lord, have mercy on me. I know I'm here because this is a situation that you you kept knocking at my door, you kept sending me messages through the prophets, and we wouldn't listen, and we we our hearts were heart, Isaiah six, we stopped up our ears, we we wouldn't see, we wouldn't listen, and now here we are, and The truth about God, which is really encouraging for all of us, is that even though God is plan Z, he's not just your plan B, he's not just your backup, backup, backup plan, he may be Z on your list, he will still respond. God will let us sometimes get to the very end of ourselves and he will still rescue us, even though if you were God, I'm not sure that you'd be feeling really good about this relationship. After all, think of you if you had a friend, and maybe you do, who only calls you when they're in a crisis. Do you have a relationship like that? Now, those of us who are believers, you know, we have to kind of find the boundaries of those relationships. We have to, we talk about enabling in our culture. Am I enabling that person? Am I helping them? Am I doing them any good? 
But imagine if you had a relationship where that person only called you when they were down and out and they needed something. Not much of a relationship. That's a one-way relationship. And that's how it is with a lot of people. And that's how it was, frankly, with the people of Israel. The people of God did that to God. And then they cried out, you know, this is about as desperate as it gets. And a Syrian army surrounding us, oh God, be gracious to us, help, okay, I know we blew it, but we're turning to you. We have waited for thee, verse 2, be thou their strength. Some see in this kind of a, um, a worship leader, the people crying out and, and then the worship leader responding Uh, Kind of a liturgical idea here of a back and forth response. But it says, we have waited for thee. Be thou their strength every morning. If you have NNIV, it says, be our strength every morning, our salvation also in the time of distress. I think the repentant people, as they are praying, are realizing something about God. God doesn't just want to be your strength in time of distress, though he will be that. God wants to be your strength. Do you see your Bible? Every single morning. And one thing that we're all learning as Christians is that that's really the way it has to be. Because if I have a up and down walk with the Lord, if I, have, uh, if I only call on him in distress, he may rescue me, but I always got consequences to deal with and gold bars to fix back up on the temple and things to, to sweep up. You know what I'm saying? And I think that people are coming to a realization, this is where we kind of get the idea here that this chapter is about finding God in failure because here they are, they're surrounded, but they cry out to God. They say, be our salvation, save us in this distress and be our strength every morning. I think that would be a good prayer for all of us to pray. Lord, would you be my strength every morning? The joy of the Lord is our strength. We put on the full armor of God to stand strong against the schemes of the evil one. We know that there's a lot of things that come our way, and we know that our flesh is weak, our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. So a good prayer to pray is, Lord, be my strength every single morning. And when I don't feel like praying that, I told you Sunday, when you don't feel like reading your Bible, that's probably the time that you need it the most. And when you don't feel like praying, that's probably the time that you need to pray the most. And so here they are, and they cry out. At the sound of the tumult, peoples flee. At the lifting up of thyself, nations disperse. NIV says, at the thunder of your voice, now they're speaking of the Lord, the peoples flee. When you rise up, the nations scatter. All this turmoil, all these, uh, all this distress and anxiety could have been solved had they just cried on the Lord, cried out to the Lord earlier. All the Lord has to do is stand up and people flee. All he has to do is say a word. You remember Jesus in the garden when the people came to get him? And they're trying to figure out who Jesus was. And Judas is leading the, the soldiers there. And they say, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, I am. You remember that? Dominoes in the garden. Right? Everybody brushing themselves off. Hey, I thought we were after him, right? No, he has power. All he has to do is stand up and say a word. And he can deal with the issues of our lives. And the people here are expressing a renewed confidence in God. They speak of his powerful voice. They speak of a God who can just stand up and people scatter. That's who we serve. That's what he did to Egypt. That's what he's done over the history of the, of the calendar. God is a powerful being. And your spoil, verse 4, is gathered as the caterpillars gather 
as locusts rushing about, men rush about on it. Here's an image, and basically it's this. When God stands up and the people scatter, it's like caterpillars or locusts dealing with a field, stripping a field, laying it bare. That's what God will do, and he'll do it quickly, and he'll do it instantaneously. And sometimes he does work over time. The Lord is exalted, verse 5, for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness, and he shall be the stability of your times, a wealth of salvation, wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Do you see what's happening to the people now? Now that they see that God is the only answer, they begin to realize That God is the answer to everything. He's the answer to your stability, verse 6. He is a wealth of salvation. He grants wisdom and knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is his treasure. If you want to know what life's really about, life is really about learning the fear of the Lord and realizing that if you seek first his kingdom, his honor, his righteousness, everything else follows from there. But the moment you flip it, the moment you make other alliances, the moment you take that out of whack and you say, I'll seek first my kingdom and my righteousness or this stuff, then things just fall out of whack. And that foundation, if you haven't noticed, gets real, real shaky. You've been listening to Woe to You, O Destroyer, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 33. Remember, if you missed any part of today's teaching or any of Pastor Michael's previous teachings, you can go back and listen for free to the podcast. Just search for and follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. Like we've been saying, this program exists because we want to equip you so you can have an answer for the hope that you have when people ask you. If you have a question or perhaps need counsel or prayer, feel free to reach out to us. The church behind Walk in Truth, where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, is Living Truth Christian Fellowship. We're based in Corona, California, and we have people on staff who can help you with your need and pray with you too. So call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, the Bible is filled with warnings for those who destroy others. And uh, we all have a sense of justice deep within us. That's because the law of God's been written on our hearts. Our conscience bears witness to it. And we know that when something unjust happens, that justice is something that should occur. And the Bible says in the book of Romans that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Now that's taught in Romans where we are encouraged to make sure that we come under legitimate authority and so forth. But we can have a confidence that the Lord will deal with the issues of our day. You know, so many things happen and there's unsolved crimes and at least they're unsolved by humans. There's things that happen and we wonder, you know, where is justice in this or that? And so we can take confidence. This is something that Christians should be thinking about, not only in the love of God and the grace of God, but in the justice of God, that one day he will balance the scales and make all the wrongs right. And that's part of the confidence that we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth, and we've been telling you about an incredible apologetics conference coming to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. In the Inland Empire, the location is basically near the 91 and 15 freeways in Southern California. It's called Dare to Defend. 
You can go to daretodefend.com to get your tickets. And I'll tell you, this is something you don't want to miss. Uh, people like Sean McDowell, J.P. Moreland coming to speak on deconstruction. We're going to hear about the problem of evil and how we deal with that as believers. That's happening on Friday night from Lenny Esposito. We're going to look at archaeology supporting the Bible. J.P. Moreland bringing a message about miracles and the evidence for miracles and why we should believe in them. Breakout sessions on topics like critical race theory, for example. So much incredible teaching. You're going to get a lunch with your ticket, either the Habit hamburger truck or some food from Panera. What a, what a weekend. Friday night, March 25th, Saturday the 26th. All the information at daretodefend.com, including buying tickets. You can get group discounts. If you have a junior high or senior high or college student, you should be here. Come with a group. Uh, hang out, take notes, take in the information and be better equipped to give a reason for the hope that you have to do it efficiently, effectively, winsomely, and lovingly. DareToDefend.com. If you want to just keep it simple, you can link from our site, which is walkintruth.com. The Apologetics Conference, it's, it's an event that I would say you don't want to miss March 25th and 26th. Dare to Defend. Get your tickets today at daretodefend.com. We'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless you. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and will hopefully help us become 100% listener-supported. Would you please help us pay for the airtime on the radio station you're listening to? A monthly partnership of at least $5 a month is all we ask. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com and click donate. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 33 called, Woe to You, O Destroyer. I'm Mike Massaro, and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.